0: Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of that 401k podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about what 401k plan sponsors need to know about Secure 2.0. And of course, first things first, uh, that 401k National Virtual Conference just a couple weeks away. $2.23 to be a part of it. Go to that 401ksite.com for further information. April 14th, we'll be in Oakland. Uh, May 3rd, we will be in Detroit. We'll have some dates Uh Also, for the end of the year and whatnot, we'll try to do, you know, four to five conferences this year in 2023. We'll see how it goes with uh, sponsorship and plant providers being a part of it. Um, uh, We do have a guest in mind for Oakland, which we hopefully will announce very, very soon. Uh, The Oakland event uh, will have game tickets for that night against the Mets. And Detroit in May 3rd, we will also have that as well. So, uh going back, um Secure two point um you know, people you know, people with practices wrote articles about what would be in the law and I'm you know, one of those arrest attorneys that's a little bit busy and I just like to write one uh you know, legislation assigned into law. I mean you know, I remember when I first started back in the business in 1998, there was talk about Roth contributions, and that did come into play until extra in 2001, but, you know, it's funny with Secure 2.0, uh, you know, it's a, it's a build-off of uh, Secure 1.0, and it's very few times, uh, I, I can't recall ever seeing the time where there was a sequel to a uh, retirement law. Extra was extra, GUST was GUST, and... Uh, Taxpayer Relief Act of '97, all that stuff. There wasn't a, there wasn't really a sequel, but um, here there is a sequel. Um, you know, it's funny. 2.0 people had questions because they were confusing Secure 2.0 with Secure 1.0 and PEPs and all that stuff. But uh, you know, in terms of sequels, um, always it's always a great topic for movies. You know, what are great sequels and what are not, and I think that. Uh, Great sequels are very, very rare. Um, you know, where the sequel is just as good, if not better, than the original. Probably count one hand how many you know sequels you have like that. If you exclude the Bond movies and you know maybe the Star Wars movies, um, you know that used to stand out. Probably Godfather Part Two, Terminator Two. Uh, of course, all the later Terminators got worse and worse and worse. Um, Dark Fate wasn't... uh, Dark Fate was pretty bad. Genesis was even worse. But, uh, you know, in terms of really bad sequels, Caddyshack 2, Smokey and the Bandit Part 3 really stand out to me because previous movies were really good. But uh, Secure 2.0, it's got a lot of good stuff, so it's not going to be a lousy sequel. A lot of good things out there for 401k plan sponsors. And uh, we'll have, you know, probably an article and a podcast a few weeks from now about, you know, how 4 k plan providers can deal with some of these nuggets of changes within Secure 2.0 that could certainly help their business. But one thing about Secure 2.0, big deal. really pushing out automatic enrollment. And it's just hilarious to me because I remember when I first heard about automatic enrollment, I want to say it was 1999, when it was called negative election. I thought this was something out of communist Russia, communist Soviet Union. Uh, The idea that, you know, we will withhold people's um, salary, um, use it to goose up, in my opinion, the ADP test. And because there was no... um, relief for fiduciaries they were just their money in a stable value or money market account where they would you know achieve no money no earnings but of course that changed uh, with the PPA um, in 2006 Pension Protection Act uh, allowing for automatic enrollment finally and giving that QDI a relief for plant fiduciaries, so participants could um, be automatically enrolled and get some gains on, on, on those assets Um, so secure 2.0 takes it further and further where all plans out there, if you start a plan after the enactment of law, which was December 29th, 2022, uh, beginning in 2025, uh, these plans will be required to automatically enroll participants, um, at, at a rate of at least three, but not more than 10%. Obviously participants can opt out, um, of the automatic enrollment, um, so this this will be for all new plans as of 12, 29, 22, uh, excluding um, companies that have, you know, that have been in business for three years or less or employers with 10 or few workers. So there's that safety valve. Those plans will not have to be automatically enrolled, but everybody else will be. And then as part of the automatic enrollment, you got to give everybody the whole 90 days to withdraw. And, uh, you know, in 90 days withdrawal, there won't be that 10% excise tax. As part of that, there will be automatic escalation. So, again, for these new plans coming into play uh, after the enactment of Secure 2.0, which was December 29, 2022, uh, in 2025, they will have to have automatic escalation 1% a year until at least 10%, but not more than 15%. Again, exceptions will apply for people who have 10 or less employees or businesses that have been in business for less than three years. Catch-up contributions. Always been a big fan of that. I think that that was a great uh, avenue. Um, You know, I'm at that age. uh, My wife's at that age. That little couple of extra bucks is great to put in. Um, I'll never forget, uh, I, I, had a, I had a boss, um, who I, the one boss who I couldn't stand, uh, I think most bosses I couldn't stand, but the one boss that, you know, was actually worse than Lois was the guy running a TPA shop, and he, again, he was a miserable guy, um, he would lose $5 to save a dollar and be happy about it, and I'll never forget, uh, when he proclaimed to me, oh, you know, uh, because catch up 50 or over within the plane years is uh, I'm going to, my birthday is in December and I'll be eligible for catch up. And he was a guy who was going to turn 50. He looked like he was 70. He he looked like he was 70 for like the last 15 years, but catch up great deal. Um, As we know, people are age 50 or over Uh, in 2023 could put up 7,500 bucks back in starting in uh, 2025. Individuals age 60 through thir- uh, 63 will be able to make catch up contributions of up to 10 grand annually, uh, and that index, you know, that limit will be indexed to inflation. Um, the problem is that after 2023, all catch up contributions for participants earning over $145,000 annually have to be made on a Roth. Uh, after tax basis, which you know, uh, it's not fun. It's not fun or funny. And um, for those people who who make over that, uh, if they want to participate in catch up, it's got to you know be through the tax aspect. They got to pay the tax up front. And speaking of tax up front, starting now. Effective immediately, plan sponsors can amend their plans to permit plan participants to elect that matching and profit sharing contributions are made as Roth contributions, um, as long as they're 100% when contributed to the plan. What does that mean? I assume that means that plan participants could elect to immediately pay the tax on any after-tax contributions, any matching and profit-sharing. Those contributions were always tax-deferred. If they pay, I assume if they pay the taxes up front, uh, then they could have that tax-free treatment uh, upon retirement. I don't know how popular that will be. Uh, seems to be another record-keeping headache. But it's there. Um, another build up of uh, Secure 2.0 off of Secure 1.0, that long-time part-time um, change where we have to require that plans allow these people to defer um, starting in 2024, that uh, period of time that three years of long-time part-time employees will be um, will be switched off to two years. Uh, I'm sorry, three years is 2024, two years will be in 2025, so we're just going to become eligible for that three years in 2024, and then the following year, that that two, three-year period gets cut down to two in 2025. Next, building off of IRS ruling from a few years ago, uh, starting in 2024, plan sponsors will be able to match employee student loan payments with matching payments to a retirement plan account. Um, plan sponsors were able to rely on the employee to certify how much their loans loan amounts are. I don't know how popular that they will be. Um, you know, with student loan debts, it's uh, you know allowing matching contributions to be paid paid towards that. It's just you know just a drop in the bucket. The emergency savings that's a big change. Twenty twenty four. More key plans will be allowed to add an emergency savings account, which is going to be a Roth account, to accept participant contributions for uh, non-highly compensated employees. The contributions are going to be twenty-five hundred bucks a year um, or lower, if the plan sponsors want to allow it. First withdrawals in a year will be tax and penalty free, and won't need to be substantiated to show, uh, you know, a qualifying emergency. Um, the plan sponsors can automatically enroll participants in this. Um, I don't know how big a deal of it, um, but it's there. Uh, we'll see how popular it will be. I don't know if that, that's something that will catch on. It seems to me just another record-keeping uh, headache. And talking about headaches... Uh, withdrawals for certain emergency expenses. We're going to get rid of that uh, 10% uh, excise tax um, for uh, you know financial needs and whatnot. It's going to be for one distribution per year, up to a thousand bucks, and the taxpayer can take and repay that hardship distribution within a three-year period. Um, you know, no further emergency distributions may be made during the three year payment period until any amounts previously taken are repaid. Um hardship is a is a big deal. I don't know if a tax free distribution of a thousand bucks will do it for people. I still look at hardship distributions every day and um Typically, people's hardships extend far greater than a thousand bucks. I mean, these days, medical expenses, um, casualty losses, and all that stuff—it's well within a thousand bucks. But it's it's there. Expanded credit for plan sponsors for administrative costs. Um, the credit is going to be 100% of qualified startup costs for employers with up to 50 employees. There'll be an additional credit of up to a grand per employee for eligible con- employer contributions. Um, but there'll be a phase down. So um, it seems a nice change. I, you know, I don't see that many plans really using that, but uh, it, it's out there. Savers match. Um, in 2027, lower income employees will be able to receive a matching contribution from the federal government up to two grand a year. It's 50% of the employees' salary deferrals, but obviously phased out as income increases, and this is going to replace the savers' credit that participants currently have. That's a trade off. The minimus incentives for plant participation allowed. We have this law. On the books with 401k plans we cannot outside of match contributions we cannot offer an incentive to participants to defer or not to defer within a 401k plan and that came up years ago when i was working on a union plan they wanted to create some sort of incentive for people to participate and i said well it's not really allowed but starting for starting now actually for plan years starting after uh 2022 uh, employee, employers could offer de minimis uh, incentives for people to participate. I always talked about you know, offering the gift cards for people who attend um, uh, plan education enrollment meetings. Uh, you would be able to do that just for people to participate in the 401k plan. Uh, it's uh, de, minimis, de minimis amounts. So when I think of de minimis, um, I'm always reminded uh, about the minimus gifts for uh, clients. Uh, I think I remember Marshall Wagner talking about it once, and I always think of um, years ago working for a TPA in the old days of no fee disclosure and how murky it was. And we had a very good uh, law firm client. New uh, plan contact. You know, the guy was an absolute pig in my mind because he gave our plan administrator the Jets schedule. Of course, he'll be a Jets fan. Wouldn't be a Giants fan. Gives him a Jets schedule, schedule uh, circles, whatever games he wanted, and he he got a couple of Jets tickets from our TPA. Uh, that's a not the minimis gift. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, just went to the Ranger Devils game um uh, in New Jersey and um you know, <laughs> paying ticket prices, those weren't de minimis gifts. You you want to go to a sporting event, uh nothing these days is the minimis. I mean I grew up when I was fourteen years old. I think a box seat at Shea Stadium was like twelve bucks. Those are the good old days. You do you know you can't you can't go to a sporting event and, and, and get a de minimis price but that's just my my joke, and I, I still can't believe to this day you had this law firm administrator of the 401k plan uh, do that. I've never had a very good view of law firm administrators. They tend to be not attorneys and they tend not to be business people. And I just saw a very well-known law firm just sue their law firm administrator. He left, and he was trying to steal client information and whatnot, and I think they're trying to sue him. Next but not least... Um, RMDs, we're going to change that up again. Uh, it's going to increase from 72 to 73 in 2023. It's going to bump up to 75 in 2033. Uh, Twenty thirty-three. Uh, you know, obviously people are living longer. Um, in addition, the penalty for not taking RMD is reduced from 50% to 25%. So that's going to be good. Um, the penalty will be reduced to ten percent for IRA owners if the account owner withdraws the RMD uh, amount previously not taken and submits a corrected tax return in a timely manner. Um, Roth contributions are exempt from RMD, and in my opinion, they should have always been accepted. They should always been an exception from the RMD requirements. Retirement savings lost and found. Uh, DOL uh, will work and. Uh, they will uh, change uh, the database to allow retirement plan participants or beneficiaries to search for contact information for plan administrators, in which uh, the participant may have a benefit. So, 2025, the OL will ask plan sponsors to um, put in information and whatnot in order for these plan participants to try to locate their money. Um, it's going to be interesting. Going to be going to be really good. Uh, unfortunately, for a lot of plant sponsors, you know, some of the information may be, you know, old and whatnot, and so you'll get uh, get hits from uh, plant participants, former employees still may have an account balance. Self correction, uh, self correction program will be bolstered under the EPCRS. Um, and uh, certain failures regarding the minimum distribution are going to be exempt. From the excise tax, there'll be new ways to correct overpayments, uh, loosen the burden on plan sponsors. IRS really wants to get out of the VCP business and have a lot of plan sponsors self-correct. That's the way I see it, and just another another change as well. Uh, The cash out amount, cash out limit, five grand. It's gonna go up to seven grand, uh, and it will be starting in 2024. Not, uh, last but not least, retroactive amendments will be allowed until the tax filing date. Um, discretionary amendments, increasing benefits, except obviously matching contributions, uh, will be able to be retroactively done up until the date of the 5500 form being due. That's also going to take place in 2024. Um, this goes hand in hand with the Change, I believe, was 1.0 that said you can implement a new retirement plan up until the tax due date uh, instead of that mad uh, rush that we used to have on December 31st. When in the old days we would sit in our office till 12:31 for anybody who wanted a DV plan, and I can always remember uh, former politician's girlfriend setting up a defined benefit plan on December 31st and seeing my boss shake as she was signing the plan. Um, but uh, those days are, are, are finally gone. Um, you know, I knew TPAs would charge extra for that mad rush for December 31st because, you know, listen, it's uh, quite, uh, quite the tensest. But uh, that, that, uh, that's a nice another change. And we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things there I like. I don't like the catch-up being forced to be a Roth contribution because I still think people making $145,000 who live in a big city like New York or Boston or San Fran. uh, They're not highly compensated employees in my mind. Um, That's the negative trade-off of it. But, um, you know, when it comes to tax legislation, there's always these trade-offs that we have to make. Um, We have to pay for certain things, and the idea is if we have catch-ups paid on an after-tax basis, it's going to help the government out with receipts. But... uh, uh, again go to that 4k site.com for further information on all our live events um, that 4k national virtual conference 2 bucks 23 cents to be a part of it just happening in a couple weeks and um, hope you tune in for another episode of that 41k podcast thanks bye